Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Right into this world, all alone. God takes your soul, you're on your own. The crow flies straight, perfect line. Welcome to Ian's Spirit Talk. Today is Wednesday, September 15th. Before we get started, here are a few reminders. We would love to hear from you, and here are several ways to weigh in. Call us at 646-716-5564, or join us in the chat room while listening online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino, or follow us on Twitter at Weigh In Sports. Now here's your host, Brian Tarvin, and co-host, Trey Patterson. Let's weigh in. Thank you, everyone, and welcome to Weigh In Sports Talk. Sorry about the noise. Uh, Michelle, you got to do a better job, baby. you got to control the Cujo, the terrorist out there sometimes. But it's a funny story that, that Wells, he, he knows exactly when the show starts, and he will not bark all day until the show starts. So here he is. We're going to contain him. But uh, thanks for doing the intro. And, man, do we have – a great show in store for you tonight. A lot of college football action coming up, NFL action coming up, a lot of news. I mean, I wish that during the off season we had this much to talk about, but it seems funny that we have so many good games to discuss that all of these stories are starting to steal, you know, the time. I mean, we should be discussing breakdown games, the SEC matchups, Pac-12 matchups, the Auburn-Kansas State game, a huge out-conference game, but yet all week it's been, you know, Ray Rice is thankful right now for Adrian Peterson, and now Jameis Winston comes out, gets suspended for the first half of the Clemson game for some very vulgar comments he made, and and, and that's what I'm going to start with tonight is Jameis Winston. Congratulations, Jameis. You get some airtime on Way In Sports Talk for being the dumbest stupidest quarterback in the country. So you're going to get some airtime tonight. I'm sorry. Trey will be with us in just a few minutes. Bear with us. The chat room will be up and going in the next five minutes, I promise you. But it seems like every time close to a show, uh, when I turn the laptop on and I don't give it 15 minutes, it, it has to do upgrade. So here I am waiting on all these installations to come through. I can't get in my chat room, so bear with us. But Jameis Winston, guys. An alleged rapist uh, got caught stealing, actually, you know, out of a Publix, stealing some crab legs. And, and, and you know, the, the funny thing is, you're an alleged rapist. You're involved in an investigation right now to see if you did rape a woman or you didn't. You get up on, in the cafeteria on a table and yell some of the, you know, the worst language you possibly can describing the act you were doing to this this lady unwillingly and then shouting up other obscenities and finally 
someone got the message and suspended Jameis Winston for a half. And a, and a half, I mean, I'm telling you, that's, that's a long time at Florida State if you're going to get suspended a half. I know Trey's even probably tired of hearing about Jameis Winston and all this stupid things. But a problem I have today, in the media, he's asked about it and everything, and he said at first, he said, you know, I made a mistake. And he said, I'll take that back. I didn't make a mistake. I messed up. Well, I mean, okay. I mean, what's the difference? What's the mistake compared to messing up? To me, when he when he went back and said, I didn't make a mistake, I messed up, he's trying to blame it on being a kid again, and kid will be kids. But this guy is making a, a mockery of college football. He's mocking Florida State, their suspension, and, and he never once apologized for it. He never once told his teammates, sorry for letting you guys down again. I'm sorry for giving our school a bad rap. And this is coming off uh, a near loss to Oklahoma State, a Citadel game that was – it was terrible, and then a bye week. On top of that, here we are with with Florida State here. I mean, coming off a bye week, Clemson humiliated at Georgia. Learned a lot. They're growing up. Played a terrible team last week. Got a big win, and here they are for one half without Jameis Winston. Man, and you know, to me, the line hasn't moved much. It's down to sixteen and a half. At one time it was 21, but but let's just pretend that that Florida State's not as good as as what people think. They're the number one team in America right now, but what if they're not as good? What if they're the team that's played the first two games that we have questions about? We know this backup quarterback has zero experience, probably not going to do a good job against a Clemson front that can actually get after the quarterback and play. And you look at a Clemson offense that, that's growing up, maturing, they're replacing a lot of skill players. Well, here we are. I mean, what if Clemson comes out in the first half and just they're hot? What if they shut Florida State down, three and out, they're getting touchdowns, Jameis Winston comes back in the second half, and they're down three touchdowns? That could easily happen, guys. Clemson's offense is a spread, hurry-up offense. Florida State's not the best defense out there. They lost a lot. So could we be talking about a new number one team Sunday night when our show airs at 8.30 p.m. Eastern? It could happen. I know Quinn Thomas out there is is thinking the upset's more likely. Well, I mean, how can you not think that now? I mean, Jameis Winston is out. He's the heartbeat of this team. And I'm, I'm sorry, guys. If he's the heartbeat of your team, you have some more problems. So we're going to find out how good Clemson is and, and, you know, if they lose this game, Florida State can use the excuse, hey, we, we were missing our quarterback for a half. Will that be enough to – will the committee forgive them if it comes down to a one-loss ACC champion Florida State? Or who's to say that, that Florida State even makes the ACC championship? If they lose this game to Clemson, these guys are in the same division. Let's not forget. And let's not forget another thing. Clemson plays nobody. The ACC is not very strong, so or strong, so that, should I say. Um, Clemson beats Florida State. They went out. They lose to South Carolina at the end of the year, maybe. They end up 10-2 and two with two losses to Georgia and South Carolina. They play for the ACC championship. So there is a chance that Florida State, this game, could be to see who's going to the ACC championship. 
you know, for entertainment purposes, it'd be nice to have them in different divisions so they could play twice. But the way it the way it's lined up, Florida State's playoff game could be tomorrow night. Nobody's talking about that. Eleven and one Florida State team that did not win the ACC will not get in the playoffs, guys. I'm telling you, it's not going to happen unless just disaster happens in every other conference. So now the Big Ten, you, you, you have to be smiling a little bit if you're Michigan State, if you're Penn State, even maybe I won't say Ohio State. They lost by 14 at home to Virginia Tech. I can't buy into them, but it opens the door for another team. So when Florida, if Florida State loses Saturday night, Winston struggles when he comes back in or they struggle when he's out, man, we could be really opening a door for a Baylor, a one-loss Baylor team, a one-loss Oklahoma team, a one-loss SEC team, a one-loss Pac-12 team. Somebody else could sneak in here. Or what about a one-loss Notre Dame team? with the schedule they play. What about a BYU team that's undefeated? See, nobody looks at the big picture, it seems like. They're all focused on the now, and I think people are still focused on Florida State winning without Winston. But after Quinn posted that, I have to admit, I started thinking a little bit more about it and and just looking at it. It does make a big difference, guys, that Winston's suspended for the first half. Even though Florida State's a second-half team, it makes a big difference because, remember, this is not the same Florida State team that played last year. Everybody wake up and realize that. They're not it. I mean, just because they won a championship last year doesn't mean they're going to win it this year. Just because Auburn played for a national championship last year doesn't mean they're going to play this year. It's a whole new season. It's a week-by-week playoff. And welcome Quinn Thomas. He's in the studio. Jason Humphrey, Paul Ewing. And our winner last week, Paul Ewing, of our pickup, man. I mean, two weeks in a row, it has never happened before on this show that the host lost. And I know I lost by one game, and, you know, I picked pretty good. I, I have to say Paul picked a little better, one game better. But congratulations to Paul Ewing. He'll be on in a little while to discuss the big matchup between Florida and Alabama and, and maybe some more. But I'm working on getting the chat room up now, guys, so just bear with me. You may be in it already, but I'm not. But a lot of games this weekend that are – I mean, there, there's several real good games, and then there's a drop-off, but it's better than last week. Last week was amazing at the results, but going in, everybody said that this was going to be a terrible week of of college football. And on this show last Wednesday night, you heard me. I said there's going to be a couple of major upsets, and we got them. And I'm just excited to see what this weekend has in store. We're going to give you a sneak preview. We have a a big SEC West showdown, LSU-Mississippi State. Am I crazy enough to pick an upset? And you're about to find out. But take a snapshot, if you will, of the SEC Conference. Five teams in the top ten, all from the SEC West. Everybody's in an uproar about it. Why are they in the top ten? What have they done? But my question to everybody is, who deserves it more? Name a team better. Nobody can do that. Nobody can put the teams ahead of the ones that are in the top ten, so your argument's over there. But what's going to happen is all of these teams that are in the top ten, they start playing each other. They start suffering a little bit from the grueling SEC schedule they play, and you probably will see two or three left, and then – you know, at the end, you'll probably have two, maybe three at the most. But five teams in the top ten, that says a lot about 
where the conference is, what people think about the conference, but it really doesn't mean anything until you get in there and play the game. But this could be the year where, you know, a lot of people said the committee will not let two teams in from a conference, but, hell, they may not have a choice after after this few next few weeks it comes out. But there's some teams that, that I still have questions on that we're going to talk about. I still have questions, you know, about the Auburn Tigers. I mean, I, that's my team. I have questions. How good are they? We're going to find out tomorrow night in Manhattan a road game against one of the best coaches in college football. Mr. Snyder, he's about 105 years old, but for some reason he can still motivate players. They play hard for him. He he runs a clean program. And one thing people don't talk about, their recruiting is not up in the top 50 usually. It's not that high, but they do get JUCO players every year, and they rotate them in and out. And I mean, these guys are ready to play immediately, and I, I don't think people realize how important that is in college football, to have some JUCOs on your team. And Kansas State's going to be ready tomorrow night. They're going to give Auburn a challenge, a test. Can they beat Auburn? Of course they can. I mean, Auburn cannot turn the ball over. We'll break that game out later. But other news going on right now, Adrian Peterson. It looked like Minnesota was going to let him back in this, or let him back in the game, actually, for this weekend. Something funny happened. Sponsors started, you know, suspending their terms with the team, with Adrian Peterson dropping him. They were outraged. Uh, big hotel chain, slipping my mind right now in Minnesota. They back out as well, and all of a sudden Minnesota gets the uh, message that, hey, you know, no Adrian Peterson now. It goes to show you, I don't care what kind of player you are, when money talks. So Adrian Peterson is going to be – at home during this investigation, and he's going to be getting paid as well. And so we'll see what happens. Just the truth will come out, and we're going to give it time to play out. We're going to see what the what a jury says or a judge says or whatnot. But these are serious charges. These are serious accusations. So we're going to see what's up with Adrian Peterson. And the question I have for everybody out there tonight, will he play again? Will Adrian Peterson ever play in the NFL again? And another one, will Ray Rice play? How many teams are going to be able to, willing to go out there and pick up Ray Rice? And it's not that he's not a good player. It's what follows with it. I mean, the media, can you imagine the circus that's going to happen when Adrian Peterson comes back or Ray Rice goes to another team, the team that signed Ray Rice? Man, you thought Michael Vick you know, in the NFL was bad. Wait until a team picks up Ray Rice. And we thought Michael Sam was going to be an issue in the NFL. Well, it doesn't seem like he's a distraction any longer. I think the NFL is getting a black eye, and it's going to continue until until something's done. I mean, it all started with the two-game suspension of Ray Rice for beating his fiance, knocking her out cold, spitting on her. Two games. I think that's what got this ball rolling, really. It got people thinking that, wow, this NFL is out of control. And then all of a sudden you see the drug policy now being reduced and people coming back in. You have people beating their moms, their wives, their kids. And it's just one of those things. Something needs to happen now. Goodell, man, whew. I mean, I'd love to have your paycheck, but I would hate to have your job right now. That is 
That is terrible. So will Goodell survive the year? Will he be the commissioner next year? We're going to find out a lot of these answers to these tough questions. But Adrian Peterson, you know, wow. You see the pictures. You hear the media talking about it, and they are running this into the ground. And, and ah, it's just so much. With all the games we have going on, I'm not going to sit here all night and and talk about this, but I am buying some time till I get my co-host here before we start really thoroughly breaking down the games. But Sunday night while we were on this show, I was watching the Niners and the Bears, and I, I watched a little bit of it. And after the show, and, you know, I was tired. I was, I was knowing Monday was coming, and I was like, well, this game's over. San Francisco pulls it off at home, their new stadium. Chicago is going to start 0-2. And lo and behold, here comes Chicago pulling out a miracle win. Well, you, you think I would have learned my lesson. Monday night, I missed the first half of the first quarter. I umpired three games after work. I come home. I'm watching it. Oh, Indianapolis has this. Might as well get a quick start on the week. I'm tired. I got up early. And then guess what? They come back and win again. And I was just like, wow. How in the world do I go to bed in two games in a row, two night games, such dramatic road, come from behind wins by road teams. And I'll bring Cuervo on. Cuervo, welcome to the show. You're Chicago Bears. I mean, could you imagine them starting in an 0-2 hole? I mean, I guess I guess you have to be very excited about what happened. Bears. No, I was very excited, Tarvin. Um, I mean, it was kind of backwards how they got to one and one. But you know what? In the NFL, it doesn't matter. A win is a win. It's not like college where you have to impress voters and things like that. So um, they're right where they need to be. I mean, the, the whole division is one and one right now. So uh, nobody has a leg up on, on anybody. And um, it, it just makes for a good uh, month of September to see who starts to pull away if any team does pull away and and it's uh it's gonna be fun to watch well think about it i mean just say the bears beat buffalo week one they beat them by a touchdown like they were supposed to and then the next week they get beat two touchdowns by san francisco i mean where would you rather be I, to me personally i would rather have the win on the road at san francisco to to convince my team in the locker room hey that was a fluke if we play good we can we can beat anyone i mean that was a huge win i don't i don't think people understand how big of a win for chicago that was well it, it was a bigger win Tarvin, just because of the fact that it's an nfc opponent so when it comes down to tiebreakers at the end of the year that win against san francisco could be the difference in whether the bears actually make the playoffs or not so even though san francisco is the better team and 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 you know, record-wise and and, and uh, break, you know tie-breaking-wise, it is more important. It just shows you that, uh, you know, they can go on the road and beat a tough opponent. Now, you know, will the defense be able to perform like they did that night? I, I hope so, but, um, you know, I think, I think I speak for 90% of Bears fans when I say, I didn't see that coming. Wow, big, big win. O two 2 is hard to come out of sometimes, especially in a division where Green Bay's in. But, hey, Green Bay looked like crap as well to me, so I'm not worried about them. But Monday night, Cuervo, the Eagles come from behind again. They were down 17 against Jacksonville week one, came back one on a 34 nothing run. On the road at Indy, I mean, the offense sputtered early, but 
I get the game. I got pinned the loss on Indianapolis's coaching staff. Why are you not throwing the ball with Andrew Luck trying to win a football game? You're trying to run with a team that really can't run. Well, I mean, I think what they were trying to do is just, uh, you know, kill some time. But what it did was it, it, you know, Philly actually was able to stop the run. And, um, you know, the Eagles were able to, you know, get the game back in, into their uh, their hands. I mean, they, they were able to make it their game. They were able to control it uh, once more in the second half. And, with you know, what the Eagles do, Tarvin, I mean, as we all know with Chip Kelly and his, and his fast-paced offense, um, you know, that Colts defense just got tired. I mean, the bottom line, they, I mean, they wore those boys out in the fourth quarter. So not really much you could do about it. I mean, it all comes, it all comes down to conditioning. And, and the Eagles are the best at it. I mean, if you look at the numbers, the Colts, you know, in the second half, I, I believe they had out of 30 minutes, they had the ball, I, I would have to say, 18 to 20 minutes. And, um, you know, the Eagles were still able to pull off the comeback just because of the fact that that high-powered offense wore that defense down. Yeah, big win. And Cuervo, stay right there a minute. We have a big Bears fan on the line, Quinn Thomas. Quinn, congratulations on your big win. Thanks. That was huge. That was, uh, if only that team would have played the full game like that or even played like that against Buffalo. But I think that's well, if you'd have beaten Buffalo, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have beaten San Francisco. I don't think so. Losing to Buffalo right. may have shook you guys up a little bit. What you needed? Yeah, yeah. I think that was a season changer, though, for sure. And you know what, Quinn? Buffalo may not be that bad. I mean, they're two and zero right now. They have a chance to be three and zero this Sunday. They are favorites at home. So if you you look back at it after the next week, and Buffalo's three and zero. You can't really hang your head in shame, really. Yeah, that's true. Anything else you want to add before we move on? Well, I have a couple of things to say about the Jameis. Which which game? Uh, about Jameis Winston. Okay, okay, go go ahead real quick. Tell us about Jameis. I know you have a lot of thoughts just like I do about it. I think uh, he's around right around the same age as me, a year older. But he is, I'm an assistant coach at the high school I just graduated from for, for cross country. These are 15- and 16-year-old kids that are saying stuff that what Jameis said. Jameis is about to be 21. I'm not trying to judge him, but he needs to grow up, and he needs to grow up fast. He needs to grow up sooner rather than later. Or else it's going to yeah. come to bite him in the butt. Well, I agree, Quinn, but thanks for the comments and Cuervo what he was saying about Winston, with all the stuff going on in the NFL right now, all the issues they're having, Jameis better be walking a very fine line right now because he's in danger of not getting drafted at all. Yeah, and then when the talks are already happening, Carvin, that he could drop down to the third round or something like that, I don't know about that. I mean, was it stupid that what he said? Of course it was. I mean, I don't know – what was going on in his mind if 
you know, a 15-year-old possessed his brain to just do what he did, say what he said. But, um, you know, that was pretty damn dumb. But if you know what, in my opinion, I think if he, you know, sits out that this first half, which is, you know, it's a joke of a suspension. It reminds me of Johnny Manziel last year against Rice. Um, you know, if he goes back out there, let's say they're down by seven, comes back, brings it back, they win the game, they run the table the rest of the season, you don't hear another peep out of Jameis Winston, then all might be forgotten, and he still might wind up being the number one pick, uh, you know, going into next year. But, um, you know, it, it, time, heals, time heals everything, guys. And, and, you know, I know all this stuff in the NFL is, is really giving it a, a big, big black eye. And, and there's actually another player um, that, that, that it just popped up maybe within the past hour. We have another NFL player. So you got one that beats his wife. You got another one that hits his kids. Well, this one decided to do it to both. And I'm talking about Arizona Cardinals running back Jonathan Dwyer, uh, who's arrested on charges of aggravated assault. And, and this supposedly happened in late July. So just wanted to, you know, inform everybody about that if they're not watching Sports Center or whatever. We got another one on our hands, guys. Well, I mean, this looks like to me. First, I want to talk about Winston, what you said. Well, He's incapable. It's not just that he got up on a table and screamed at obscenities and vulgarity. I mean, he's a, he's just a vile person. And, and if I'm alleged, if I've been accused of raping a girl, if I've got shown on video walking out of a store with crab legs stealing, I mean, if, if, I'm, if, if I'm being investigated for rape, I'm not going to stand up on a table and, and scream it from the rooftop I mean, these obscenities, that's the problem for him. It's not that he's not talented. It's he's not mature enough to handle college football. How, I mean, how is he going to handle the NFL? And that's why, screw a national championship if you're Florida State. You owe it to this kid. To If you're going to keep him on this team, you're going to help him. And you're going to suspend him for however long it takes to get his attention. Because, I mean, I think somewhere down deep, this is a good kid somewhere. He just doesn't know how to act. He's immature. And I don't know. I just why I'm just saying it's not just this uh, this incident. It's like if I get in trouble at work five times and the sixth time it's a little thing. Well, guess what? I could be fired because you know it's the straw that broke the camel's back. So that's what I'm saying here. It's it's not to to hate on the guy or anything, but he doesn't own his mistakes. He comes out today and says, "I didn't make a mistake. I messed up," which tells me he's trying to blame it on being a kid again. And that that's where I have a problem with it. And this NFL stuff going on with Adrian Peterson, with uh, with Ray Rice, and now Dwyer. I mean, do you think steroids could have anything to do with it or, or something that's going on that causes violent behavior? Everybody in the NFL is not violent. And the two people, Ray Rice and Adrian Peterson, I would have never expected this, Cuervo. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, just because of the fact that they're such high-profile names, you would never expect it. And, you know, you would you would think that, and not that they need it, but you would think there would be somebody keeping an eye, an eye on them a little bit more as far as what they do off the field. And I'm not saying get in their personal life, but just be to be a little involved with, you know, for example, things that, you know, how their family is functioning and I'm not again I'm not saying know every little detail uh, but at the same time you know somebody that can 
they can go to if they if they do need help with something or you know, something like that. I guess just a little more mentorship, but you know, the NFL is different. I mean, everybody's their own person, everybody's an adult, so it doesn't work that way. Um, however, I guess would it be the worst thing to have, you know, something like that, you know, where you can go and talk to someone, I guess, if you, if you, you're, you're feeling angry and, and, you know, we're talking about feelings and all that stuff, but I mean, if it's going to affect your performance on the field, then, you know, you do what you got to do to make sure that you're, you're focused and, and you're not, ready to just rip somebody's head off on or off the field. And, you know, you, you mentioned the steroids, and now they're going to be testing for HGH and stuff like that, Tarvin. Do I think it plays a part in it? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, because we all know the side effects of taking those things. And I think it does play a small part. So uh, now that they test for HGH as well, um, you know, it'll probably be a long time after this all blows over before we hear uh, any more incidents like this happening? Mm-hmm. If anybody should be pissed off, is that Adrian Peterson? Is me? I mean, I had him as a running back, and my fantasy team sucks now almost because I have to worry with A.D. Lacy in the backfield now. Mark Ingram's hurt. I can't even use him as a a third string. So A.P., you cost a lot of fantasy owners some problems too. So think about that, A.P., while you're sitting there collecting millions of dollars, but. We have a special person that's coming in, and I'm sure he wants to talk about Winston for the few minutes we can talk about Winston before we get into our breakdown. And that's Jonathan Miklos. What's up? Welcome to the show. Uh, hey, guys. Can we skip over the whole Winston thing? Um, he's an idiot. He's a moron. He, he's immature. He's stupid. And I really don't want to talk about it. I'm excited to see how Sean's going to play. Um, you know, the only knock on McGuire is that he's been compared to Drew Weatherford coming out of high school. So that's the only thing we got to worry about. Um, but I just wanted to touch on uh, the whole domestic violence thing really quick and this problem that is so persistent in the NFL, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, um, I want to put a stop to how we're calling this a problem because 12% of the NFL population has gotten nabbed for domestic uh, violence uh, charge of some sort. 14% of the American population has gotten nabbed for domestic violence assault charge. So at the end of the day, the NFL's percentage is lower, so the problem is a national problem. This isn't just an NFL thing. Because you hear about it in the NBA uh, and, and Major League Baseball have heard about it too. So I think we should, you know, and we need to stop going, well, you know, is it certain things that these guys are doing? No, it's really not. It's just it's who they are. I mean, this is America nowadays. Nobody focuses on the good. We only want the negative. And that's what I was saying. I mean, here we are with a slate of just great football games approaching, and every time you turn on the news, I can't even see a uh, – a preview of Florida, Bama, LSU, Mississippi State, Auburn, Kansas State, Florida State, Clemson, mm-hmm. because of a bunch of idiots out there. So let's just maybe if we quit putting them in the media so much, they'll they'll quit doing this crap. But you know, it's it's a bigger problem, like you said. It's not just in the NFL, but society. You you see it all the time. The violence we see on TV. I mean, I could probably see somebody mm-hmm. get their head chopped off in front of me and not even blink an eye. I've seen it so many times, but. 
I don't know. It's just it's just getting old, and I, I see a lot of people out there defending Peterson, defending Rice, and and I'm just like shaking my head a little bit that I just don't get it. I, I really don't get how you could defend these people, and I see women wearing Ray Rice jerseys right now, saying that he was provoked, and you know these fans are stupid. I mean that, that that's the problem. Football fans in general out there, you're stupid. And I'm a football fan. I don't consider myself stupid because I don't try to get brainwashed by a bunch of athletes and, and bow down to them. And I know Sonny Clark, Cuervo, he's one of them. He, he bowed down to Tony Romo and Jerry Jones, so they could do no wrong in his eyes, but we won't get on to that. Um, Greg Hardy is actually on the inactive list, I believe. He's not going to be playing. So Adrian Peterson, Jonathan's getting a free paycheck. I mean, how would you like to sit around for a year and draw a paycheck? Oh, I love that. I mean, between Adrian Peterson and Greg Hardy, what's that, like $17, $18 million this year that's going to pay off the guys who aren't playing? Man, that'd be nice. Yeah, that would be nice. But, hey, we're not going to sit around here and, and talk about the negatives. There's some positives coming up this weekend in college football. Trey picked us 10 games. Trey will be with us in a little while. Um, there's some good games out there, you know, interesting games, intriguing games. How do teams respond? How do they, how do they play after a big win? How do they play after a big loss? Well, we're going to find out. I call this, this is what I'm going to call this weekend is Pretender Saturday. I think we have some pretenders out there. People think that the top ten has some overrated teams in it out of the SEC. I'm one of them. I'm one of those people. You know, I like SEC football. I like the style. But to sit here and say that LSU's a top 10 team, no. I'm I'm not going to do that just yet. I don't believe in them. Do I think Auburn's as good as what they are? I don't know. But we're going to find out. We're going to talk about these games. Number 10 on the list. Well, let's start with the NFL. Let's start with the NFL first because I know Cuervo likes the NFL and just as much. And we'll save the college for last like we normally do. The number five game, intriguing matchup, Cuervo. You have the Chargers going all the way from California to Buffalo. One and one, just a big victory over Seattle last week. Buffalo, I don't know what they're doing at 2-0, and oh, but how does San Diego respond after beating Seattle? You know San Diego, they're up and down, up and down. Do they get a win in Buffalo or do they go back to being the normal San Diego Chargers? Yeah, I, 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 I really think that <clears throat> that win against Seattle last week took a lot out of San Diego. So, and, and surprisingly, Tarvin, Buffalo is actually favored in this game. And, and I can understand why, because I think a lot of people are thinking the same way I do, you know, to, to beat Seattle. And I know it was at home, but it's, you're still talking about the defending champions. You're still talking about the best defense in the NFL. Okay, and now you got to go all the way on the East Coast and see that a lot of people don't like to, to say that it's it, it makes a difference or it matters. It kind of does, okay, because you got that that quote unquote internal clock. All right, it's ten in the morning on the on the East on the West Coast when this game starts. All right, that that matters because if your body's not ready to play. It's going to be all. It's going to be all. You know, just out of whack, and that's why I think you could see you could see a slow start uh, from San Diego 
in the first half of this game, and you can see Buffalo jump up. It could be a 17-3 to game at halftime, and, you know, and then the question becomes, can San Diego come back? I think with the way the Bills are playing right now, that they're playing with a lot of confidence, Tarvin. Um, you know, EJ Manuel, he's not lighting it up, but he's doing just enough to have Buffalo at 2-0. and So uh, I don't even – I don't know if Buffalo will cover the 2.5, but I think the Buffalo Bills do go to 3-0. and They get a close, close win against San Diego. So I'm, I'm going with Buffalo. Well, Jonathan, I, I'm a queer, but I like Buffalo at home. Ron Matthews out of this game, the the jet lag, really, the hangover from Seattle. I mean, it's going to be crazy, but whoever thought after week three, Buffalo would be leading the division with a 3-0 and record. Y'all are right. I mean, it, that, that was – I mean, nobody thought that. I didn't think that. I thought Buffalo would have a hard time winning two games all season. And so I'm thoroughly impressed with what I've seen from this team. Now – Against the spread, Buffalo has been fantastic at home under Doug Marone. Uh, and you just want to look at it like that. And since they're favored this week, and looking at their past, seeing how they beat Chicago at home, um, you know, they beat Miami last week. I think this Buffalo team turned, has might have finally turned that corner. I still need to see more, but I agree. San Diego going to the East Coast, jet lag, all that good stuff. I think Buffalo wins. I think they cover the spread. Wow, that's a clean sweep on the panel, 3-0. and And now the next game here, my Carolina Panthers, 2-0 and right now, surprised me. They're 2-0, and hosting the Steelers, a Steelers team that looks about as old as my dead grandparents right now out there on the field. I mean, they're slow, they're lethargic, they don't have any kind of identity right now. But yet, Carolina Cuervo is only a three-point favorite at home. I mean, is Carolina not getting any respect, or is it just people think Pittsburgh's inconsistent and they're gonna they're gonna show up? I don't think I don't think it's Carolina that's not getting respect, Harvin. I think it's, people are wondering how healthy is is your boy Cam Newton. That's that's what people are are thinking about or what the, what they're questioning is how healthy is Cam Newton. And I know he looked uh, he looked all right last week. How, uh, but, um, you know, you're, you're talking about they were playing, uh, and I can't remember who they were, oh, Detroit. So, you know, I, I mean, that's, that's, to me, that's what I think people are, are wondering. And you're right. I mean, the Steelers, the Steelers look slow. They look lost. Even Troy Palomalu is missing tackles now, and that's when you know that things the defense is is getting bad and it's time to rebuild a little bit more. So I like Carolina. I like your I like your Panthers big at home, Tarv, and I think they easily cover. Uh, Panthers will go to three and zero. Well, Jonathan, uh, the the way they got thrashed on Thursday night football, it gives them a, a couple of more days to kind of prepare. And I'm not convinced Cam Newton's healthy. Of course, he's not. So the running game for Carolina with Cam's not going to be there with them running the football. I think it's going to be a close game. I do think Carolina gets the win to go to three and zero. Jonathan, I think they're terrible. I think Pittsburgh's terrible, terrible. Well, that, that, you know they are terrible. Um, that secondary has looked looked bad. Their offense looked bad last week. Was their past six quarters of football had been bad? And you think about it, the first half they scored twenty seven on Cleveland. Held three points. 
And since then, they have been outscored 50 to 9. Think about that. The past six quarters, they've been outscored 59. That's bad. Um, now, so looking at it, I'm laying the points on Carolina. I'm also playing Pittsburgh's team total under. Carolina, at home defensively, is a whole other animal. This is going to be a low-scoring game. Carolina is going to win somewhere in the ballpark of, I'd say, like 20 to 10. You know, because offense is going to be obviously be conservative because I don't care who you are. You break ribs, you break a rib. It takes like a month for it to heal because there's nothing you can do to heal it other than rest. So give Cam, uh, let him, he's going to be conservative. Olsen's going to have a huge day. Carolina wins, I'm going to say like 20, yeah, 20 to 10. Well, let's welcome, I'm with, I'm with Carolina, another clean sweep. Let's welcome the champ from last week, Paul Ewing. Previously, it was Jonathan Miklos. He's on the line, so we're getting both made up tonight. So, Paul, who do you like, the Panthers or the Steelers? Going Panthers all the way, and a good evening to everyone tonight. Good evening, good evening. champ. I mean, I don't like you and Jonathan worth a crap right now, but you know what? When you beat me, I come back ten times stronger this week, more prepared, you know. Um, so I'm, I'm going to beat you guys. You have no shot. So the number three game, I mean, the the Baltimore Ravens 1-1 one one on the road at Cleveland. I mean, if you maybe if you didn't have anything to do and you had a choice between going to the mall with your wife for four hours or watching this game, maybe you would pick this game. That's how boring it is. Jonathan, I'll start with you. The Ravens look good against the Steelers, but they're not a good road team. Any chance Cleveland comes in here at home and takes care of business? Oh, man. Yes. I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns to take the knockoff the Baltimore Ravens this week. Um, I think Brian Hoyer, he's been very good at home. He's looked good enough. Uh, the running game, I mean, speaking of the devil, has looked has looked pretty good. I mean, remember Isaiah Crow from Georgia? Well, he's not a bad number two running back for the Browns right now. Um, I think I think the Browns can pull this off. I don't think Baltimore defensively is solid, and I without Ray Rice, we're really without any running backs that you're like, oh wow, their running game is really not that good. Um, I just can't trust them to go on the road and win. I just can't. Cleveland, about three. I'll take them about three. Cuervo, it's just hard for me to believe that Cleveland can beat New Orleans and then turn around and beat Baltimore in consecutive weeks. I look for it several weeks apart. So, so give me your give me your winner in this game. Uh, well, I'm going to go on the other side, Tarvin. I'm going to go with Baltimore. You know, simply because they're coming off of. A couple of days more of a, a rest. You know, I mean, don't forget that they played last Thursday, so they got a couple extra days of rest. So they're, they're, they've been able to lift a few more wounds than the Browns have. And I know that the Browns, you know, it was a nice win against New Orleans. Um, however, New Orleans it, it has not impressed anybody so far this year. I'm not impressed with the Saints, and it's shocking. It's shocking because – a lot of people thought the Saints were going to be a team that was going to win 11 to 12 games. And, and that's, right now it's not looking so good. It's not looking so good. And I'm not saying that it's not going to happen. But with them being 0-2 right now, they're going to have to go, uh, what, you know, 11-3 and, 11 and or 12-2 or the rest of the way. And 
with their schedule, it's going to be tough. So um, I'm, I'm going to stick with Baltimore, though. It's going to be a close game. Um, I'd say Ravens by a field goal. Uh, and I'm picking them more, in fact, because of the extra rest that they've gotten. Hey, Jonathan, uh, uh, or Couch in the chat room wanted me to remind you that Hoyer sucks. And he said it several times to you, just so you know. But I'm with Cuervo in this one. I'm going to go with the quarterback that Sonny Clark has a uh, a fat head on his wall of, and that's Joe Flacco. I don't know why I'm picking Joe Flacco here. Maybe it's, I'm in a crazy mood. But, Paul, I mean, who do you like here? Johnny Manziel got to play a play the other day. Hoyer does look like the quarterback that's capable of, of actually winning a game. Who do you like? I'll tell you guys something. You know, Brian, I watched an awful lot of preview shows, and everyone said that Hoyer and the Browns were going to be 0-3 going into their bye week, and Johnny Manziel was going to get the nod to start coming out, and I got them finishing 2-1. and I got the Browns, bud. Oh, okay. So we're split here. 2-2, and I think Sonny Clark will be the tiebreaker to make it 3-2 in favor of Baltimore because with Hoyer, no way he's picking the Browns. So we'll move on. I mean, the surprising if Cleveland's two and one, and the Ravens are one and two, and the Steelers are one and two, we could have some some chaos right here in this division. So getting interesting. Number two game. I don't know why Trey didn't put this at number one. That's that's the one I want to see. The 49ers, after the choke job on Sunday Night Football, they go on the road. And they play an undefeated 2 and 0 Arizona Cardinal team that had to come from behind last week to win, but they got it done in the toughest division in football. And Cuervo, I'll start with you. I mean, to me, this is the most intriguing game of the NFL right here. The Cardinals at home. Well, sure, because I mean, Arizona's a tough team at home. Um, you know, nice win for them. They go on the road, and I mean, they beat a bad Giants team, but. I mean, still, to to go in there with their backup quarterback, and we don't know what's going to happen to Carson Palmer. I mean, the the, uh, the reports are saying that he's probably not going to play again. And to see Drew Stanton go in and win two games in a row, I, I, wouldn't, put, I wouldn't put the house on it. So I'm going to stick with San Francisco. You got, you're talking about a pissed-off 49ers team that lost, you know, at home – in a comeback game against the Bears. So I'm going to go with, uh, I think, San Francisco wins. Paul, there's something about this game. It just, when I see Drew Stanton, another Big Ten quarterback here, we saw Kirk Cousins, Drew Stanton. Is he capable enough of winning this game at home? I watch San Francisco, and I have to be honest, I'm not that impressed. I mean, I'm going to have to agree with you. but And, of course, he's capable, but uh... – I'm going to go with the 49ers, and I'll be quick with it. Uh, I really think that if the 49ers take this loss, all heck's going to break loose within the organization because Kaepernick just looked horrible at the end of that game last week. Well, I'll tell you this, Jonathan. Okay, 49ers. Jonathan, and and, and we we will speed it up because we've got to go through 10 college games. But, Jonathan, uh, great teams actually find a way to win on the road. I think San Francisco, mm-hmm. sometimes they play better on the road. You look at Dallas week one. They, I think they mm-hmm. got caught up in all the hype and emotion uh, last week. But I like San Francisco in this game. What about you? Yeah, um, yeah, Niners are going to roll. Um, I think Arizona, 
you know, come from behind against San Diego, and the Giants are just so bad that they kind of gave that game to Arizona. I think the Niners release some frustration well wide over them this week. Uh, you know, pretty easy win for them. Yeah, San Francisco wins, and that takes us to the number one game, Paul. The Denver Broncos, 2-0, and uh, with a little revenge on their mind. Seattle 1-1 and at home. They just lost at San Diego. Denver looks good, but is Denver, I mean, are they mentally ready to go to Seattle and play? They couldn't beat them in a neutral site. So what makes me believe, what, why would I pick Denver to go into Seattle and win this game? That's to you, Paul. Um, I'm going to tell you why I'm going to pick. Uh, I'm going for the Broncos, and I don't know how much you watch of the NFL Network, but I'm going to agree with Warren Sapp. I think the Chargers and Rivers exposed Sherman. They laid the groundwork, and I think the Broncos are going to go in, and Manning's going to work it, and they're going to get the victory. Well, Jonathan, I, I just can't believe that that they're going to that Seattle's going to lose at home at all especially the team they beat by 40 in the Super Bowl. And I know Seattle struggles sometimes on the road, but they're not on the road. They're at home. Give us your thoughts. Um, yeah, I agree um, with that statement. I mean, they are terrible. They're, they just struggle on the road. No doubt about it. At home, they always find a way to pull it out. Um, I'll tell you what, Denver's been a very good first-half team this year. They looked very solid on the first half against Kansas City and Indianapolis had big halftime leads. And then the second half, let both of those teams creep right back into it. I think that's something we could see again this week. I think Denver might jump out to an early lead. But by the end of the game, I think Seattle's going to wind up pulling this one off, uh, you know, like a seven-point win for the Seahawks. Yeah, Cuervo, Seattle at home. I can't go against them. It's going to be interesting. If any quarterback can come back from the beating he took, it's Peyton Manning. I think he's smart enough to figure it out. He's probably sat and watched that game. 200 times, Cuervo. So I'm thinking Peyton Manning could be able to upset him, but I'm just not seeing it. I'm calling Seattle. Who are you going with? Yeah, I'm going to go with Seattle as well. I mean, I guess one reason you want to pick Denver is that obviously they're a great regular season team. And, and see, I mean, Seattle is as well, but, I mean, they, they really shine in, in the postseason. I mean, that's where Seattle makes their money. That's where, you know, Seattle really lets people know what who they are and what they're about. So, um, but I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I think the story of this game, to make it quick, target is going to be penalties. We're going to see false start after false start. It's a loud crowd over there with the 12th man in Seattle, so um, I'm going to go Seahawks. Well, these are not on the list, but I'm going to give you some upset specials. I like the Giants at home. I don't know why. Beating the Texans. I like... Where is it at? I like Detroit beating Green Bay, bouncing back. And my upset special of the week, and remember, those are not on the pick'em list. I like Jacksonville at home beating the Colts. I don't think the Colts are going to bounce back uh, with a short week. I think they're devastated after losing that game. Jacksonville's up and coming. They fight you, and they're hungry. So I look for Jacksonville to get that win against Indianapolis. Maybe y'all calls me crazy. Maybe you don't. But it's time you're listening to Weigh In Sports Talk live on blogtalkradio.com. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We're going to move on to what we do best is college football. So the pros are awesome. I love NFL football. And I'll try not to, to have to go watch Dolphin Tail 2 this weekend while the well, I've got the Red Zone channel. So 
maybe I can watch football this weekend and, and actually enjoy it more. But number 10 game in college football, guys, and I think I still have everybody with me. We're not going to stay long. Georgia Tech at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech choked. I mean, they choked against East Carolina last week at home. Georgia Tech had to pull a miracle and a controversy out of their butt to beat Georgia Southern. So, Jonathan, you're the ACC guy on this show. So, tell me, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, who do you got? Uh, well, I'm going to take Virginia Tech at home. Uh, Georgia Tech seems to have a hard time going with the Blacksburg pulling off the win, and their defense looks very porous. Oh, man, they're bad. Cuervo, who do you got? Hokies. All right, Paul, our champ, defending champ, who do you have? I have Virginia Tech. But, but I, I need to tell you guys something. I know Georgia Tech is is terrible on defense, but Virginia Tech has an offensive coordinator named Scott Leffler. He couldn't score on me. I can't believe he went and scored and beat Ohio State. But because Georgia Tech's so bad, I have to go with Virginia Tech here. It's a noon kickoff game. It's probably going to be – one of the boringest games of the day. If you want to see sloppy play and offense, sloppy offense, go to this game. But I'm interested to see how Virginia Tech does against Georgia Tech, but I'm not ready to, to call an upset. So everybody likes Virginia Tech in this game, no surprise. The next game, it's intriguing to me, Jonathan. Utah, 2-0, and they take that record on the road to the big house, Michigan. And you're talking about a team that just got blown out. Now, how does Michigan respond to that? Do they win at home, or do they lay another egg? And that's a tough one because I actually have a buddy who goes to Michigan, and we're having a conversation about that, and he said the players came back mad. So when he spoke to some of the players, they came back mad. And I took that as, okay, so these guys saw the loss, realized what they need to do, rectify them, and they're ready to roll. So I'm going to use that confidence in that to say that I am taking Michigan to lay the points uh, and – knock off Utah. I think they're going to put a heart on them this week. All right. Cuervo, who do you have, buddy? Yeah, I'm going to go with Michigan as well. I mean, they're a tough home team. Um, so, yeah, I like the Wolverines. Yeah, I'm sure Sonny likes them too. Paul, who do you like? I'm going with Michigan. And it's, it's a, 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 a look down there, grab them, see if you still have them for Michigan. Utah's a a feisty team, and, and Michigan's not going to be able to go in there and play soft like they did against Notre Dame and get a win, I'm telling you. I have huge concerns about Michigan at quarterback, on the offensive line, they can't run the ball. But being at home, and I don't have much faith in Utah, I'm going to go with Michigan. But, guys, I'm telling you, I wouldn't be surprised Utah beats them. But I'm, I'm still going to stay away from this game if I was if I was betting on it. But, I'm going to pick Michigan just to win the game with no point spread. And now here's a battle for Jason Humphrey here. He's a Pac-12 man, Cal 2-0, and at Arizona 3-0. and And Cuervo, I don't know how much you've watched Arizona, but I have not been impressed with them. The only thing that intrigues me about this game for Arizona is their home. So who do you like? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be, you know, closer than some people may think, but um, you know, I mean, as, as much as you're not impressed with Arizona, I mean, I don't – the last time I heard about Cal is when, uh, you know, Deshaun Jackson played there, and it's been a long time. So, um, yeah, I, I, I haven't seen much out of Cal either. Uh, they beat Northwestern the first week, but, I mean, Northwestern's on the down slope. So, uh, I'll, I'll take Arizona at home. 
All right. Paul, I like Arizona as well being at home, but these Pac-12 games are hard to predict. Who do you have? I'm going to shock you. I'm going to go Arizona big. It's going to be one of those games you just want to turn off at around 10 o'clock. Jonathan, I mean, is Arizona capable of blowing someone out? Uh, well, I saw Arizona and UNLV in uh, week one, and I think UNLV is way worse than Cal. So, what I'm going to say is Arizona's going to win. I think they can cover the nine-point spread, and I think it's going to go over and a half on that. Oh, my goodness. Look for uh, points galore between these two offenses. Yeah, I may stay up and watch that one, to be honest with you. Uh, our next game, I don't know what college game day was doing, but for some reason they've, they've lost their direction. They they were in where, South Dakota State or somewhere last week, and, and here they found their way in Nebraska. Maybe the bus broke down, but anyway, they're in Nebraska. After Nebraska almost loses to McNeese State the other day I watched, and I was just amazed at, at this. But you know what? Nebraska plays to their competition, Cuervo, Game day is going to be there. They're at home. I look for the running game to get going. I like Nebraska pretty big in this game. Maybe I'm crazy, Cuervo, but, but I like the Cornhuskers. Remember, they're undefeated. Uh, they are, Carvin, but like you said, I mean, they they play down their competition. So um, Nebraska, is, uh, last time I, I saw it was seven. So I'm going to stick with the Huskers, however, as Lee Corso likes to say, closer than the experts think. Well, hold on. Joshua Shaw, a big Nebraska fan, just corrected me and said college game day was in Tallahassee. But for some reason, Jonathan, why am I thinking it was in Nebraska? What's going on in Nebraska this week? Um, well, uh, Hurricane Slaughter is what's going on in Nebraska this week. Uh, it's going to be a blowout, <laughs> and it's going to be ugly. And if you can jump on at that line, if you see it at one and a half, you better start hitting it. All right. So I can't believe that line was at one and a half. Vegas must have had a oops moment. Hit it, hit it oh, hard. Who do, who, do you like? who do you like? Who do you like in this game, Miami? Nebraska. Okay, Nebraska's a seven-point favorite. Sweet. There you go. Okay, Paul. He had me fooled too, Brian, when he said there was going to be a hurricane, and I thought he was going to go with Miami, but I'm going with Nebraska Huskers. Well, I apologize that I thought game day was there. I, I apologize to everybody out there. You don't make mistakes that bad. But Joshua Shaw, leave it to Josh to catch me in a lie, man. Catch me in a mistake. So thanks, Josh, for, for making me look bad. But we all have your Cornhuskers. No way Miami can come out and win. I mean, they're lucky they, they beat Arkansas State. But, but here they are. They're going to play a team that's going to out-physical them. And mm-hmm. it's going to be fun to see. The number six game, guys, now it starts getting fun. You know, Nebraska's a great game, Miami. Now we move to Oklahoma 3-0, and Cuervo, their number four ranking, on the road at West Virginia. Something smells funny about this game. Tell me your thoughts. Ah, well, the hell with Oklahoma. But anyways, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're going to see, we're going to see, I guess, a little bit more – as far as is Oklahoma for real. And I know West Virginia is not like a powerhouse, but they do put up 39 points a game. So let's see how the defense responds to a team that can actually put points on the board, unlike Tennessee. But I, I, I mean, I think Oklahoma wins. And it's, I mean, it's only seven for a reason, Tarvin. So it's going to be a close one, but I think, I think Oklahoma will squeak it out. Jonathan, I mean, 
Just like Josh pointed out in the chat room, Oklahoma's without their top running back. West Virginia is an explosive team, man. I see in this game where West Virginia could win. Give us your thoughts. Um, I mean, I definitely think Oklahoma should be an upset alert. West Virginia played them uh, tight last year. If I remember correctly, that was a 16-7 ball game. So I think that this year it's going to be a tight uh, tight game. I think, um, you know, Trevor Knight's going to have a good game, not a great one. I think Trickett could have himself a good game. I'm going to take Oklahoma, but they better not go into Morgantown sleeping or still find themselves in a little burning couch. Paul? Ryan, first thing I did when I heard you call this game is I went to my phone and I pulled up the weather in Morgantown. No rain in the forecast, so I'm going Oklahoma. Well, that's a that's a good idea. And and one thing, I want to jump on this game, guys. I want to I want to say West Virginia is going to win. It's a night game in Morgantown, but that Oklahoma team is good. You know, and they're they're better than than I gave them credit for. When I'm wrong, I'll tell you, hey, I misjudge them. But I still I'm not sold on them yet. They're better than I thought. Uh, West Virginia, I don't trust their defense, and that's one thing that if you play Oklahoma, you better be able to stop the run and you better be able to tackle in the open field. And Oklahoma will make you pay. That's why I'm going to lean Oklahoma in a close game because I don't think West Virginia can tackle. They're going to be able to score some points. But at the end of the day, Jonathan, I like Oklahoma's offense a little better, and I like their defense a little better. So you go on the road, that kind of evens it out a little bit, but not enough for me to pick the upset. I will be watching it. They are on upset alert. So everybody has uh, Oklahoma in this game, which surprised me. I thought one of you would, would shock me in this one. So let's see how many of you shock me in this one. The number five game, the Mississippi State Bulldogs, every year they're back. And they're 3-0 and every season, and they go to LSU and get skull drug usually. So here we go, LSU 3-0, and Jonathan, Mississippi State 3-0. and This game's very intriguing to me. It's going to be a blowout. Uh, Mississippi State's never back. So they will never be back. They were never even here to begin with, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Um LSU rolls them, and it's going to get ugly quick. So you better uh, you better turn on them first quarter so you can see if they get beat competitive at one point. Wow, Cuervo. Yeah, I mean, come on, we're we're talking about LSU at home at nighttime. Very, very rarely do you see them slip and fall and and lose a game at home at nighttime. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Tigers. Paul. Man, I was close, but I can't go against LSU at night. I'm going with LSU. Well, I'm on a Trey's with us right now. And Trey, uh, welcome to the show, man. Don't ever be late again. But uh, <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show. But I'm going to not so fast all of you before Trey has a chance, just in case he steals my thunder. Joshua Shaw thinks they're going to play him close, but LSU wins. I'm picking Mississippi State to go into Baton Rouge and pull out a win, guys. And one thing I've I've been studying these two teams, it's the quarterback play of Mississippi State. I feel much better with it. I don't have faith in LSU's offense in this game, Trey. Am I crazy for picking this big upset? Hey, man. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for everything. Uh, sorry for being late. Uh, yeah, you know, Tarvin, I'll tell you, I don't think that Mississippi State is – out of the woods with, you know, being a blowout here. I think it'll be a closer game. 
Uh, I can see why you'd want to pull the trigger on the upset. I thought about it myself. I'm going to take LSU at home. You know, again, this is a Mississippi State team who's 3-0 and unranked. There are a lot of times at this point they're ranked, you know, number 15. <laughs> I think there's something people are seeing that that, uh, that I'm seeing as well, which is this Mississippi State team is just not there. Yeah, Prescott's a really good quarterback uh, right now and better quarterback play for him than LSU. But I think the defense of LSU is probably still going to cause some uh, some problems for State. So I got LSU winning uh, fourth quarter a little bit pulling away. Well, I like it. I'm the I'm the odds man out here. I like it. I like this odds. So the next game, Trey, I don't know why you have it so high, but we'll go ahead and discuss it. BYU at home, favored 14 over Virginia. And I'll let you start it out, Trey. I'm sure you have it on there because of Virginia, how good they've looked a couple of weeks this season. And maybe you have them on upset alert. I don't know. I do, uh, and here's the thing, too, and we need to all sort of start watching BYU because they're sort of one of those teams that have every game from here on out favored in their, in their to win, and if they do that, there's a shot they're going to sneak into this playoff. I, I'm not a big fan of that, and so now's yeah. the time for us to start watching BYU. Um, people think it's an outside shot. I think they slip up today against Virginia. Tarvin, I think Virginia upsets BYU. Well, I, I can't go with you, but if BYU gets in the playoff, I may not even watch the playoff, Jonathan. I mean, give me your thoughts here. BYU, they should beat Virginia, right? Well, BYU is going to gonna get up on Virginia. Um, they just got such a good rushing attack. I mean, the trade got a point there. They can go undefeated, get themselves in the playoffs. Uh, I don't know if the voters will let them get into the playoffs. I'm not sure about that because like they got the most brutal schedule in the world. Um, but if they do, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, if they're if they're the only undefeated team left at the end of the year, why not give them the four seed and see what happens? Uh, if they get in the playoffs, all you're inviting other teams to do is, hey, let's go play Colgate and Citadel and teams like that. I mean, all we have to do is win, obviously. So BYU, they suck. I mean, I know they went to Texas and won, but come on, BYU sucks, and I'm tired of hearing about them. Cuervo, who do you like in this game? BYU, Tarvin, but I don't think they cover the 14. I think it's going to be close. Paul? BYU and a blowout. I think they suck, but I still think they win at home. I know that sounds crazy, but Virginia, I don't know. I mean, this will be a week. We'll see how good Virginia is. They looked good last week. They actually looked good against, you know, competed with UCLA in week one. So this brings us to the top three games of the week, guys. We got a big panel here, so let's get it. Number number three, the Florida Gators at the Crimson Tide. Number three of Alabama, Paul. I'll start off with you since you're a Gators fan here. I know you don't feel a lot of confidence about it, so go ahead. Well, Brian, we've talked over the last few days, and you know I was about ready to let Muschamp go Saturday night watching them skip Kentucky. I told you that the only hope that we have or I have as Gator fans is that for some idiotic reason they were holding back <clears throat> the playbook and preps for Alabama. Like you said, they've been prepping for Alabama since last year, you assume. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Alabama. I wouldn't be surprised if it gets ugly. The, I, I think the point spread opened at 17. I would have put it at 20, to be honest with you, because we just looked awful against Kentucky. But – 
hey, stranger things have happened, but I'm going to go Alabama in a in an easy win for them. Well, Jonathan, I mean, Florida has the athletes to be able to to lock up on Amari Cooper one on one and focus on that running game. I mean, give us your thoughts on this. I don't think Florida. I think Alabama's defense is going to outscore Florida's offense. To be perfectly honest, I think this game is going to wind up getting ugly right around the end of the third quarter. Um, I'm going to take Bama to cover the spread. Last time I checked, it was somewhere around, I think, 16 or 17. I'm going to take them to cover, man. This, this Florida team looks bad for all intents and purposes. Uh, even though they beat Kentucky last week, they lost that game. You, you beat Kentucky in triple overtime. Kentucky's a bad football team. That's what they're What kind of accent are you trying to talk with? Hell, I'm confused. I'm not even sure if that was Jonathan for a minute. <laughs> Cuervo. My bad, guys. Cuervo, who do you like in this game? <laughs> I think uh, yeah, Alabama. Uh, I don't. I don't see how Florida can, you know, would be able to win this game. So I'm gonna go with the Tide. It just, you know, bigger, faster, stronger. So Alabama will win. Okay. All right. Well, let's go back a minute. Joshua Shaw likes LSU in a close one. Uh, he likes. Uh, BYU in a close game, and he likes Bama by two touchdowns. Trey, who do you have in this one? I have a feeling you may pull an upset on us here. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Uh, you know, like I said last week, on some of these games that were thought to be blowouts and being upsets and very close, Florida struggled last week because they expected to beat Kentucky, after, especially after their first opponent. You know, they kind of whitewashed them with sort of old-school Florida style. They were looking ahead to Alabama. Kentucky is a better coach team. Uh, because they were better prepared for that game. But, but Florida still came away with the W, which is all that counts. So, Tarvin, I think Florida was looking ahead to this this week. They were preparing for Alabama this week. Florida's got um, a guy who can stop Amari Cooper or at least slow him down. I mean, Vernon Hargraves is going to be a top-10 pick for Florida. I think that Blake Sims struggles in this game, and it's gonna, his security yeah. blanket in Amari Cooper, Hargraves is going to be told wherever side of the field you go, uh, he goes. You go with him. So I see Florida being all over Alabama early in this game. I think I'm not going to pull the upset, Tarvin, but I think this is going to be one we're watching till the very end of the fourth quarter. I like Alabama's kicking game and special teams a lot better, but I think Hargrave and that defense frustrates Alabama's offense just enough to keep it close and probably a one-score type of game, Tarvin. I'm looking at Alabama very, very close. Trey, you stole everything I was going to say. I agree 100%. And, and all these Bama fans out there are talking about blowing out the Gators. Are you kidding me, guys? Have you watched Alabama play? And, and, and Trey said it good. Sims will struggle in this game because of Florida's defense. And I'm telling you, for a year, Florida practice in spring, in the summer, in the fall, during the workouts, they're getting ready for Alabama. They looked at that schedule. They saw a couple of cupcakes. They saw Kentucky. And I don't care about a 4-18 and 18 last year, whatever they were, they still looked at Kentucky as a cupcake. They're above them. And I'm telling you, when you're watching CBS this Saturday and Florida's leading this game in the third quarter, you're going to be like, holy crap, what's going on? But I'm telling you, Florida's defense is what I like about them. Am I ready to pull an upset? Not yet, because this game's in Tuscaloosa. But I'm looking at something like a 27-23 to 23 game if Alabama wins it. But don't be surprised if Florida comes in and pulls an upset, because they have talent on that team. 
can they score, like Jonathan said. He thinks Alabama's defense is going to outscore Florida's offense. That could be true, but that's the test. How's, how's Driscoll going to do? How's the play calling going to do? Because Alabama struggles against teams that run a hurry-up offense, spread you out, throw the ball, and that's what Florida's going to have to do to win. This is a very, very intriguing game. I just don't think people are – are looking at it that way because they think of last year and they think of last week. And college football changes every day, guys. I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's going to be a close one. And that takes us to our number two game. The Auburn Tigers take their fifth ranking on the road against number 20, Kansas State. Jonathan, both are undefeated. Um, Jeremy Whitehead, or Jonathan Wyatt's out for a suspension. He got into a verbal altercation with an assistant coach, the only experienced safety this team has. I mean, is Auburn on upset alert? Yes, Auburn is on upset alert. Uh, you know how I feel about Thursday night games on the road. Always makes you nervous. Always makes you uh, really think twice about who's playing and who are they playing. Um, Kansas State at home and in, in Manhattan, the Little Apple, they do themselves a pretty darn good job over there. Um, I think this game is going to be real close. At the end of the day, it's going to be a three-point game. Um, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to take Auburn with the speed to beat Kansas State by three. But upset alert is on full blast. All right, Trace. All right, Tarvin. Let, 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 let me put this to bed right off the bat. Uh, Thursday night game sometimes equate to a good game. There, We forget all the Thursday night games that are complete blowouts, and we will forget about this one very quickly because Auburn is faster, stronger, um, you name it, than Kansas State is. Kansas State will keep this close in the beginning, and they will get worn down early in the second quarter. Uh, first quarter will be fun to watch, Tarvin. I think the second quarter, this offense really gets going. Uh, Kansas State does not have the defense. You look at the defensive numbers to even slow down Auburn's offense, especially rushing attack. I think Kansas State gets blown out of this game, and by the end of this game, it's real ugly. I love the way you think, Trey. Cuervo, what do you think, bud? I think K-State will come out to an early lead, Tarvin, uh, maybe 10 nothing, And from there, I think Auburn turns on the Jets. And, you know, we could see we could see a 45 to 13 type game. So I know I was teasing you in the chat room a little bit, but I know I know you didn't fall for it. So, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously Auburn's going to win this game. All right, good. Paul? Brian, I've already talked to you a little bit about it. Um, I'll just make it quick. I'm going to go with Auburn by 21. Uh, and please – Someone please tell me, where is all this Kansas State hype coming from? Because I don't understand it. Man, they beat a good Iowa State team on the road the other day. I think that's where it's coming from. All right, well, I'm going Auburn by 20. (laughs) Well, I'm going to tell you guys, this is uh, a statement game for for Auburn. And, you know, last year they they played some tough road games, but not as tough as this year is going to be. And, I mean, this is a chance for them to to really make a statement that, that they are a legitimate team. If they go over here and piss around and barely beat Kansas State or even lose, I mean, they're they're almost done unless they just win out. So 
this is a huge game. I don't think Kansas State has really anything to lose. If they lose to Auburn, they're not going to drop in the polls being at 20 right now. But I'll tell you something about a quarterback, Jake, what is his name, Waters, Waiters, whatever it is. Um, he's a good dual-threat quarterback, and Auburn struggles against quarterbacks that are mobile. I mean, they just do. They don't have the, the type of defense that, that just holds teams down like you see sometimes Alabama, LSU, Florida State. And teams like that, they bend, but they don't break. But being on the road, you're very vulnerable. And Jonathan hit it right on the head about being on upset alert. If you're not on upset alert in your Auburn, you're probably going to get beat. So I'm, I'm hoping Nick Marshall plays this game the way he's played all other ones besides LSU on the road. He plays focus, he doesn't turn the ball over, and he's efficient. I look for Duke Williams for Auburn and Sandy Coates to have a monster game tomorrow night. The running game will get theirs, but I don't think they're going to go to the ground as much as you think. I think Sammy Coates and Duke Williams are going to have some big plays down the field. But look for Kansas State to have some big plays too. So this is going to be a, a, a game, I think, until the fourth quarter. Trey said the second. I'm thinking they'll be up by seven or ten. Auburn will in the third. And pretty soon they blow it open, something like 49 to 24. I think Auburn wins and makes a statement. So, Trey, what kind of statement does this make if Auburn goes in and, and wins this game by, by 20 points? Well, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, Kansas State, you know, barely beat an Iowa State team. Uh, what it means now, I mean, obviously this game is being overhyped uh, because it's a Thursday night game. It's the only game on. You know, Kansas State is somehow ranked, even though they barely – they only have they don't have zero wins, really, against anybody quality. Um so I think if Kansas State makes something of their season, maybe it matters at the end of the year for the committee for Auburn. Uh, but more than likely, Kansas State's going to lose five or six games um, to nobodies, and then it's going to matter a lot less. I mean, they're going to need to beat Kansas State bad because I think Kansas State's going to be a really poor finishing team. So I think Auburn needs to make a statement in that regard because it's a Big 12 team, um, and any kind yes. of out of conference to the Big Five matters. I have a small yeah, question. Yeah, Brian. Yeah, go ahead, Paul. Go ahead. About the game, I'll just check the weather on Manhattan, Kansas. There's a 50% chance of rain tomorrow night at kickoff. Who does that benefit more? I'm not. I don't know much about Kansas State, so I figured I'd ask you. Well, if it is raining, who would that benefit more? Well, you remember last year Auburn played on the road at Baton Rouge in the rain, and I'm not comparing Manhattan to Baton Rouge, but that's where Auburn struggled, but it was early in the season. They turned the ball over three times in a row, got into a 21 to nothing hole, but they came back and dominated the second half when it dried up. So I would have to say it, it favors uh, Kansas State, in my opinion, if it's, if it's raining. But Trey hit the, the nail on the head. This is huge for Auburn to win because of at the end of the season, if they're in a – just say Auburn's an 11-1 and team. Just Just play with me for a minute here. And, and they don't make the SEC championship. If you look at their schedule, they play seven ranked teams out of the next ten games. And having a win against the top 20 team in Kansas State on the road will say a lot for them. So this is a big game. I mean, I, I love Thursday night games, but I don't like losing them, that's for sure. I like winning them and watching them over and over again on Friday when I lay out of work. So that's what I like to do on Thursday night. But all of us have Auburn winning, but Jonathan not as much confidence as the rest of us, and, and that's okay. We'll see what he thinks about this next game. Our number one game of the week, and let me get this right, game day will be in Tallahassee, but Trey, they're going to be without 
their quarterback, Jameis Winston, for the comments he made. Clemson, a team that got beat by Georgia on the road early in the, in the second half, they let it get away from them. They bounced back last week. I know you have to be worried a little bit because this Clemson defensive front can cause some problems for a, a rookie quarterback in the first half. Yeah, and you know, here's the thing. Sean McGuire is, is uh, nobody really knows much about him. He, I think, has 26 passes thrown in his college career. Uh, I've seen a lot of them because they've been in garbage time. Uh, and, and he doesn't look great. Uh, he's not one of the guys like Coker who you had a lot of confidence in if they came back in. Um, McGuire isn't really that guy. He's not. He wasn't really um, a sparkling talent come out of high school. He's not a guy that um, that I think a lot of Florida State fans have a lot of confidence in, Tarvin. So I think this game um, really is up in the air right now um, because of that, because Sean McGuire is a kind of quarterback. If he struggles – um, Tarvin, this could be – I mean, Clemson could go on a huge swing, um, and you just don't know because Sean McGuire, we don't know what his confidence level is like if he throws a pick early on. Yeah. Uh, well, who are you going with in this game? Well, as, as this is my team, I, I'll wait for last, buddy. Okay, I'll, I'll let you wait for last. Paul, since you're a, a, a no-hater, give us your thoughts on this game. Hey, man, I'm a no-hater, but I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm I'm painting out for you real quick, and it's going to be really picturesque. I think it's going to be ten to ten at halftime. Maryland's going to get the ball to open the uh, second Maryland. half. Maryland, who's Maryland? My bad. Um, <laughs> We're drinking beer. Clemson will get the, the ball to open the second half. They'll go up seventeen to ten, and Florida State. I'm taking the Seminoles final twenty four seventeen. Twenty four seventeen, Jonathan. I just can't imagine a score that low with these two teams. Give us your thoughts. Jonathan, are you in shock right now? Where are you? I think, Jonathan, we lost Jonathan. Wow. He had to be on for the Florida. Well, I'm going to give you my breakdown right here. I mean, Clemson is a team that, that they do a lot of hurry up, no huddle offense. They can move the ball. The offensive coordinator is creative. They lost a lot of skill players, like I said earlier in the show, but Right now, I have a feeling, too, that Clemson could come out pressing a little bit too much, trying to. It's like they know they have to do all they can in one half or, or maybe they won't win. And, and, Trey, I think that could come back to bite Clemson if, if they're trying too hard. Well, I mean, possibly. I mean, they got an inexperienced quarterback as well. But, I mean, you got to think Clemson's got to be a, little, a lot more loose in this game because they've already lost. And they know, um, yes, this is their season. They have to win this game to do anything with their season with an early loss. But, Tarvin, I think this this game, the Clemson is going to come in a lot more loose. I think Florida State can play very uptight knowing that any mistakes under Sean McGuire could lead, you know, to a, a collapse. I mean, this, this is for Florida State. The pressure has to be, you know, mounting at this point. So I think Clemson's going to be loose. Cuervo, I haven't forgot about you, buddy. I almost did for a second. There's so many people on. But um, this could be Florida State's season if they lose. And like I said earlier in the show, they lose this game. Clemson runs the table in the ACC. Florida State may not get another chance to play for the ACC championship. And if that's the case, I don't see Florida State getting in the playoffs. Give us your thoughts of this game. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, they're going to have to win this game, even if it's by one point. And 
I know that may not impress pollsters and things like that. However, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, undefeated is undefeated. So as long as as long as the uh, backup can keep it close, which I think he could, um, then I think Florida State will be fine. I mean, it would not surprise me if Clemson's winning by a field goal or winning by a touchdown going into the second half. Um, but once Winston comes in, I mean, you saw the effect that it had last year, uh, at, you know, when Johnny Manziel came back in nine. And I know Rice is not at the level of Clemson. But, again, you're, you're talking about <clears> – <throat> the uh, the Heisman Trophy winners. So um, as, long, as long as they can keep it close, the, I mean, Florida State's going to win this game regardless, I think, even if Winston was to sit out the whole game. But, um, yeah, I don't, think there's, I don't think we should look too much into it. I think Florida State's going to win. Trey, I'm looking at it, and everybody's picking Florida State, including me. I think Florida State probably wins this game 38-21. to 21. I'm with Cuervo. I think it's going to be – Probably tied around halftime around that, but I think Florida State's just too strong, or at least I think they're too strong to, for this game. I don't know, but I'm going to pick Florida State to win. I'm not sure about a score because Winston missing a half does make a difference to me. Well, I mean, Tarvin, here's also what to think about. The defensive tackles who are all hurt in the Citadel game, only one of them has practiced this week. The other two were not at practice. So you're talking about uh, a defensive line uh, that could be weak. I mean, they've been gashed by two, by the Citadel uh, last, you know, two weeks ago, Tarvin. So I think this team is poised for an upset at home. Now, I'm not going to call it, Tarvin. I, I'm not going to take against the Knowles right now. But I'm telling you right now, if Florida State loses this game, I'm not going to be surprised because I think Winston is going to come into the second half trailing Clemson. And it could be, it could be by two touchdowns. I think McGuire is going to well, struggle – wholeheartedly, Tarvin. I think McGuire is going to be terrible in the first half. Well, if you're a Florida State player in there, are you not pissed at Jameis Winston for another for his antics and another stunt now that finally led him to a half-game suspension? I mean, you're not playing Colgate. You're not playing Winthrop. You're playing Clemson. I mean, this is a bad time for him to do this. You'd think he'd be more focused about playing the biggest ACC game of the year with college game day there, but yet he wants to act like a fool again. So, I mean, what do the teammates, what does the locker room say? Or, or, you know, in some movies you see the quarterback comes in with an attitude, the offensive line just lets him get hit a few times just to wake him up. I mean, what do the players think? That's what I want to know. Well, I mean, Winston is loved by the players. I mean, he's a player's guy. Um, I think this, the the prank that he was trying to pull uh, that's going around college campuses that, that probably is not – he's probably not the only football player who's done it across the country. I think the fact that he was suspended by the school, I think sets a precedent for the, the, the athletes there that, hey, you have a job to do and you're not doing it well. Uh, so maybe they come out a little more focused. I think the defense is going to press a little bit more because I think they're going to be more concerned. Uh, I, I'm really concerned as a Florida State fan from the nose tackle position against the run for Clemson uh, and then the linebackers as well, because two of the linebackers who, who have been hurt. So they're actually a lot – this is a team that was not affected by injuries much last year, Tarvin. They've been already hurt quite a bit on injuries. Uh, so Florida State, I think, is going to give up a lot of yards in the first half at Clemson. And it's just going to be a matter of if when Jameis Winston comes in, is this the script that's written for him to bring him back, you know, from down to win this game and, you know, sort of, you know, Jameis Winston did it again. Or is this where he comes back and presses because they're so far down 
And, you know, he's thrown a couple interceptions and some bad interceptions this year. So, you know, this is a different script for Winston than it was last year. It's a different team. There's no senior leaders out there, you know, for to sort of rein him in. So, Tarvin, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I think Clemson's going to come out and be up at half, and we're going to see what Winston's made of when he's trailing in a big game, um, you know, that he's not had a perfect season like last year. I mean, this is a struggling season already. Has he not ever answered the bell? But, yeah, I mean, he's answered the bell in the national championship game, bringing him back. But, I mean, this is a different season. Uh, he, he struggled already. Yeah. Start the, so, you know, he's been disciplined now by the team finally. Uh, and, you know, so this is a different, a, different, a different temper for him. And so this is going to be a brand-new scenario, Tarvin. Ryan, I need to, I need, real quick, I need to get you and Trey's opinion on something real fast, if you don't All mind. Right, go ahead. It's, kind of a, it's, it's an important question. Okay. You know how we've discussed on the show the college football uh, playoff committee, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, if you remember back to when it was formed, they discussed that one of the things that they would they would consider when they're picking the four teams on if an important – kind of like the basketball playoffs, if an important player was hurt or didn't play and it may have affected the outcome of the game. Danny Connell also brought it up on Feinbaum today. If Florida State was to be down at half, Winston come out, play a close game and still lose, and then finish 11-1, and one, does the playoff committee sit back and say, would Florida State have won if Winston could play the whole game? Um, I think they penalize them. I mean, I, I just and Trey, I'll, I'll speak first on this. And you're a, a Florida State fan. I, I think you look at that and you can't reward them for their leader acting like a dummy. And I think if they lose, there's no way you can predict and say that unless it was like 24 to nothing, and then Florida State rallied back and won. But if it's a a closer game or Florida State's up or Clemson's up by two touchdowns and, and they come short, Trey. I just don't think the committee could look at that, especially as far back as that have to go to look and see. Um, I think Florida State could be in trouble. I don't think that would come into play. I, I think it gets looked at, but, I mean, whether it's looked at more than, like, strength of schedule. I mean, the fact that if Florida State doesn't play and win their championship, I think that's a far greater criterion than, than Winston didn't yeah. play. I mean, I mean, so if Clemson were to win the ACC, say they beat Florida State and then lose to South Carolina again, and they have two losses, then maybe somehow Florida State gets in the playoffs under that scenario, given, you know, a bunch of other random scenarios that can happen in college football. But um, I I find, you know, maybe. I mean, they're going to look at it, Tarvin, but I just don't know how much. I I could see it coming into play more, Paul, if, if just say Florida State was undefeated and they had some close calls during the season, Winston for some reason got suspended and would not be eligible to play in the the playoffs, I think that would be a case where they may look at it and say without Winston, Florida State wouldn't be good enough uh, to compete in a four-team playoff, so we're not picking them. I think it would come into play more that way than it would, assuming that that Winston was playing against Clemson, he would have won. This is a big rival game for both teams, and the fact that he's not injured, that he's suspended, uh, I just think it makes a little difference. Yeah, I, I could guess, be wrong. Yeah, the injury and suspension thing is probably the, the, the straw that breaks the camel's back, but the whole point was is that they're such a huge favorite to make the playoff, and then he's out for two quarters, and let's say the final, is they get beat by Clemson by three, and then they just whitewash everybody else. And then the committee, like with the basketball playoff, they look and they say, well, 
if he would have been in there, you know, they would have won easily. You know, yeah. that was just the whole point. But, but 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 remember why they're such a big favorite right now to get there is because you look at that schedule and they're just better than every team they play. Not taking away anything from Florida State, they can't control anything about that part of it. They just go out there and take care of business. But that's why they're a big favorite. Where you look at Alabama, you know Auburn, and even Oklahoma has a tougher road right now than Florida State. But Florida State plays some tough games. I mean the ACC appears to be better. Notre Dame's real good. Florida will know Saturday how improved they are. So there's a, still a lot of season left, and that's why we love college football because nobody really knows what we're what they're talking about until maybe the very end once it's all said and done. But Cuervo posted a link real quick before we go. David Ash, the quarterback for the the Texas Longhorns, he's given it up, Trey, with all these concussions. Real thoughts real quick before we go. Well, I feel bad for the kid. You know, I'd love to have seen him play for Texas this year. Um, but it's probably the right call for his life, and, you know, it's probably the right move. All right. Well, Cuervo, are you doing on-campus with Cuervo tomorrow? Uh, we're gonna do, I'm going to do it Friday night, Tarvin. So Friday night at uh, 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific. Okay. All right. Cool. Cuervo does a great college football show. I join him from time to time when I can because you know me. He supports my show. I support his, and I love college football as well. But, guys, thanks, everybody. Trey's late, and he goes ahead and hangs up, man. That's how rude he is. I'm going to have to get on in. Paul, congratulations on winning the, the Pick'em Challenge. You got lucky, I have to admit. But um, we'll be back Sunday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern to discuss all these games. It's going to be a great weekend of sports, guys. If you love football, NFL and college, this is your weekend. You're finally getting paid back for some of those sucky weeks you had to stay so far. So we'll see you Wednesday night at 8.30, guys. Take care. Have a good one, Tarver. This is the smell of a warm, three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.